Today in the show we talk to What's What of the Week, our highs and lows with Marvel's Avengers now that the full game is out, and a nostalgic trip to a skate park. We have the table with the crystal creams and ready to go, a wallet that's ready, the arcade is open for business. Bong, do you go August Falls? You're listening to the Arcade Podcast, which you are. Let's talk to what's what in gaming, movies, and everything in between. My name is Sean, and with me is Stephen. Hello, hello. You are listening to episode 12 of the Arcade Podcast. That's the Arcade Podcast, episode 12. How are you getting on, uh, Stephen? Oh, we got a big one to talk about this week. <laughs> oh. Actually, we, we, to be fair, we have been talking about what we're going to be talking about for like the last two <laughs> weeks, but it's, it's going to be a bit different. Uh, we've got a lot of ups. We've got a lot of downs, but uh, let's just crack on and get on into it with the What's What, commonly referred to as the Goss on the Street. This is the segment of the show where we talk about what's been watching in the world during the week. And kicking off the What's What this week is EA, of all people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so EA, who we all know have a history of um, just, just pissing off people for all the oh, wrong yeah. reasons. Yeah, you know? yeah. um, but they're back in the news this week uh, because they've sparked fan backlash because apparently uh, UFC 4 has uh, in-game adverts. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, this is actually crazy. Uh, so, this was reported by Eurogamer, but a Reddit user basically uploaded a video of a session in UFC 4 where um, at the beginning of the match and at the end of the match, <laughs> uh, they basically put in full-size adverts. For the boys. Amazon's The Boys comes up. And uh, yeah. It's only a small little thing. But it's there. It's an advert. Is it for like local gaming? Or is it for like. Say you're in like an online match. I think it's actually. It happens in the replays. I don't know if it actually happens. Actually when you're starting a match. But I know for a fact that it is in the replays. That's weird. This is a full price (coughs) game. And there are adverts in it. Like a YouTube video. This is so wrong. On so many levels. Yeah well look. It, it's EA. So we. Yeah. There's <laughs> not really much we can we do can about that. We can expect that from them. Yeah. Also there's another uh, little thing about this. Uh, these ads have only really cropped up now. The game's been out for over a month. So people are thinking maybe. It EA was patched in. Patched in. And left out deliberately. So that they could get past the reviews. Do you know? Wow. Yeah. I, it's, it's just it's absolutely it was crazy that is literally cropped up just a few minutes before I put the notes together and I just I couldn't believe it EA are just finding more ways to <laughs> really just spread their bullshit uh, I don't know it's actually it's ter- it is terrible it is purely terrible but moving on with some more uppity news uh, Mario is 35 years old this year <laughs> Jesus bless him the little plumber who's uh, been rescuing his girlfriend from a gigantic turtle for the last years he's not a turtle he could be a turtle I don't know I think he is a turtle uh, but to go along with this uh, Nintendo confirmed <coughs> this week that Super Mario 64 Super Mario Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxy are set to get the remaster treatment with a bundle arriving on Nintendo Switch on September the 18th this is a remaster collection it's not a remake collection these are the original base games just with a HD upscale oh yeah I thought now this has been rumoured for a while and I assumed it was going to be a remake especially Mario 64 yeah, but 
the thing about it is like Nintendo are so nostalgic. So for you to remake like those types of games, you're losing the whole nostalgia factor. Yeah. So no look, it's a good play by them to just remaster it. You know, HD upscale it or ultra HD upscale it at this point because we're on ultra HD. Yeah. Just I hope it does well for them. Yeah. Now this is this is another thing that might actually also nip them in the butt as well. Uh, this trilogy is getting a limited physical sale release. Uh, and it's only available online on the Nintendo eShop until March of 2021. Well, <laughs> why? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, my <laughs> that reaction. <laughs> yeah, I had to. I had to process <laughs> that for a second. It's like, why? Yeah, I. Why did I, you do that? I couldn't get this either. You have until March of 2021 to buy these if you're going to buy them digitally, and you want to be quick if you want a physical, a physical copy. That's like when Disney used to release their their Disney movies they used to call it the Disney Vault this year out of the Disney Vault yeah. is you know why are they doing that no it's idea it's so weird it's, it is incredibly weird <laughs> but that's that's how they're going with this uh, new trilogy but it's not the only thing from Mario that we're getting this year or yeah it is this year we're getting it uh, alongside this Nintendo also confirmed a new version of Mario Kart called Mario Kart Live Home Circuit which is a new take on the popular car racing game using augmented reality and it looks freaking awesome. It, it does actually look pretty cool. Uh, so the bundle comes with an RC Mario or Luigi, uh, depending on which one you want to go for. It's uh, kitted out with a camera that can then be synced to your Nintendo Switch and allows you to convert your home into a Mario Kart track. Uh, the bundle is currently retailing at £100 in the Nintendo UK shop and will be available on October the 16th. Are you going to get it? I don't know. I really <laughs> don't know. Ah, my see, you have a switch. I do. I have a switch. You light. have a switch. Yeah, I don't. I, it seems but, cool. Yeah, look, it, it's the whole aspect of it's a physical item in a physical yeah. world, and like to turn my house into a circuit. You know, and like you can customize it and bring it outside. Yeah, you know, I, like the possibilities are actually endless. No, with no the it's track creations. It's interesting, but Nintendo have done. Um, they did this the Lobo thing. Did, did I think it's called Nintendo Lobo? They, it's they oh, did the, like, the cardboard. The cardboard. You make your own cardboard things, and that was cool for a while, and then it just kind of fades off for a bit. Do you know? It's it's like you get about your fifteen minutes worth of enjoyment, and then that's it. There's no more enjoyment. Yeah, but that's like, for me, yeah, I'm a sucker for stuff like that. Yeah. If it's anywhere like, oh look, shiny, I'm just gonna just jump at it. Yeah, uh, I d- I don't know if personally I will get this. Uh, well, I might have to now because we do we do a podcast <laughs> and I talk about all this stuff <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, who knows? I might. It's a lot of money for something that might just be a gimmick. Yeah. So you basically know if like before we actually speak about it, if it ends up some lad is telling it on done deal within like three or four days yeah. after I purchased it, <laughs> it's probably Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I wish I could do that with what we're going to be talking about later in this uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, but moving on, uh, we got more PS5 news. Uh, not from Sony, surprisingly, and not official news. Uh, but this is in relation to the PS5 backwards compatibility, which has been a hot topic for God knows how fucking long. Uh, but Ubisoft let slip this week that the PS5 will not be backwards compatible, at least for PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1 titles. Uh, this claim was posted on the Ubisoft support site, but has since been removed 
Of course it has. Naturally. Shocker. <laughs> naturally. <laughs> and also naturally, uh, Sony have yet to make an official comment on this. So this is... I'd say they're sweating. Oh, God, I'd yeah. say, like, there's so many blunders going on at the moment from every other company. It's like, I had uh, the frequently asked questions, Josh, will you go like it? Or yeah. Tom, go update that for me. Oh, and it's like, don't publish it though. <laughs> and then like, they're looking at the website going, I told you not to publish it. Oh, it's, you know, take it down, take it down. It's too late. Yeah. No, this, and like, anything to do with PlayStation 5 <coughs> is going to spread like of course wildfire. We're I, sitting here making a podcast talking about it. Yeah. Of course it's going to be, you know. But like, it's just, I think we need to just let backwards compatibility go. I don't think personally it's going to happen, especially now that we have PlayStation Now. Do you know? It's just, I don't see PlayStation 3, 2 and 1 getting the backwards compatibility that it should technically have on PlayStation 5. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, we all know it should be there, but it's probably not going to be there. Yeah. I know that, but like, how much backwards compatibility do you actually need? I would say lots. Personally, for me, I I would say lots. You know, I I would like the backwards compatibility to be there because there's a lot of games that I play on <laughs> older consoles that I still play and they're, they're very enjoyable. <laughs> do you know, I've got oh. my Metal Gears. None of them are on current gen. Only one. It's a bit of a letdown, but there you go. Um. <laughs> There's some I'd love backwards compatibility. I'd love to be able to play my PlayStation 2 games on my PlayStation 5, like on the disc. But it's probably never going to happen. Yeah. You know, and that's it's a killer. It's a bummer, but like, them's the, the worlds we're living in. Do you know what I mean, Stephen? Do you, do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> let us know on the social media what you think of the whole backwards compatibility fiasco and just write home that, like, Xbox have definitely won that one by a landslide. Yeah, because <clears throat> the reason why they have it won is their architecture never changed. Oh, God, no. So basically, if you strip away all the UI of the Xbox, underneath is basically Windows. Yeah. So it's built on, I think it's the x86 architecture. Yeah. Which Sony was using for PlayStation 1 and 2. But then they moved away from that architecture and they went to, I can't think of the name of it now, but the, the, I always remember the chip was the Jaguar chip. And it was the hardest kind of architecture to code for. Yeah. And even to this day, not many developers had actually pushed like the limitations of the PlayStation 3. That's how far along it was. So I think when they like took the step back to 4, yeah. Yeah. So I can't see. I could never really see how three was ever going to work. You know, because three is very, not built on the same architecture. It was as, a hugely awkward console. Yeah, I don't know what Sony were going for. And to be fair, like it, it, it did take all of its. Um, it took its entire life cycle for it to sort of come out that PlayStation Three was an incredibly advanced console. Mm. But it wasn't until we got games like The Last of Us that proved how far you could go with that console yeah but uh, that's because it took like the first party developers yeah in-house developers to actually show you by the way this is how you're supposed to use a console and i think that's where they kind of lost out so when they made them move back to four <laughs> they were able yeah. to say look doesn't matter who you are or what you're using this is our architecture and go for it so yeah no i can see four working with five Possibly one and two, but I don't know if three is going to work. No, unfortunately, it probably <coughs> won't. 
Which is a shame because the PlayStation 3 had some classic gems. You know? <laughs> and it was it was my game in peak, the PlayStation 3 was. You oh, know? Yeah. I hit my peak then. There's a lot of me- great memories from then. A lot of terrible ones too, but we won't get into that right now. <clears throat> but moving on, uh, CD Projekt Red are back at it again. Just making my heart melt. Oh, I love this developer so much. Uh, we got confirmation of The Wisher 3. Like all great games, it's getting another release. On a brand new platform, which is the next generation platforms. However, however, this is the this is the big thing. Okay, it's free. It's free if you already own a copy on PlayStation Four, Xbox One, or PC. Which I just I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Do you know? <laughs> like, if, if 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 this was Bethesda, which it is Bethesda, kind of because Bethesda are re-releasing Skyrim again on PlayStation yeah. Five, and you're going to have to probably pay for it. Yeah, but. CD Projekt Red are giving us a fantastic game for free because we already own it. <laughs> yeah, but they're like the one, like we spoke about this today. Yeah. They are like, they always broke the mold. Yeah, they really like, they've really just kind of, they're just nice guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like they gave us a, a DLC pack that was essentially a full size game, which one game of the year. Yeah. You know, they're taking their time. They're going to release what is essentially meant to be bigger and better than The Witcher, which is Cyberpunk 2077. And now, to kind of put the cherry on top, we're going to get the The Witcher 3 in glorious Ultra HD. Yeah. it's uh, there's, no been a, there's no official release date as of yet, um, but it will feature um, ray tracing, which I... Don't actually know what that is. <laughs> <clears throat> Here comes the nerdy bit. So basically, what ray tracing is when you have a light source in a game. Yes. The light source was kind of one direction. So if you had a source pointing at it, that was it. You had to create artificial light or like around us. So if, say, a beam of light like lands on a puddle that puddle is going to send light back to the ceiling and it's going to build. So basically what ray tracing is, it's basically, it, it allows lights and shadows to accurately depict the scene. So you get a more realistic design rather than spending hours trying to set up a lighting rig to make it look real. Ray tracing actually does the work for you. Oh, okay. Right. It, that sounds exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on top of that, it's also getting uh, faster loading times, which is it's it's kind of a given, you know, because solid state drive is it's what it's the driving force behind uh, PlayStation Five, and PlayStation Five is pushing faster mm. loading times for all of its games. So I'm not surprised that we're getting faster loading times. It's it's The Witcher Three. <laughs> what else do you need? It's a complete <laughs> it's a complete bundle. It's like the one that they released on Switch. So you're getting everything, every wow. DLC pack. The original base game, it's all there for you. That's pretty yeah. cool. And just, we've mentioned it before on the show, but I'm going to mention it again. If you do get Cyberpunk 2077 on PS4 or Xbox One, you get a free next-gen update awesome. as well. So, that's brilliant. Do you know? Just keep doing what you're doing. They're the gift that keeps on giving. They're the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, we don't deserve them in this world that we live in. <laughs> but we have them. And we're so grateful. Anyway, moving on, we've got some sad news to get into now. I just feel really horrible about this project. Uh, the Batman. Oh, The Batman God. has been piquing our interest 
since its announcement. But you know, about a week and a half ago, we got the trailer. We got DC fandom. We got the trailer, and it was just amazing. You know, watching Rob Pattinson absolutely rip into a film <laughs> for a good forty seconds is this amazing time. Uh, but unfortunately, after commencing production once again, they've had to cease production because Robert Pattinson has been diagnosed with coronavirus. Oh. And he is now currently in isolation. He's recovering. And because of that, the film has been delayed, delayed once again. again. Production's been halted. <clears throat> as far as I'm aware, they we're only 25% into filming when they had to show production initially because the world was going into lockdown. And I don't know how long this one's going to last. Yeah. You know, maybe it's only for the two weeks because most people who have gone into isolation are only isolated for two weeks. So maybe Robert Pattinson will only be isolated for two weeks. But, you know... Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. You know, they've already slated that this film is going to be out in 2021. We're going to be hopeful. We're going to just, you know... Yeah, um, think happy thoughts, Sean. Think you know, happy thoughts. Wish him a speedy recovery because yeah. he's actually shaping up to be a very impressive Batman. I'm very looking forward to <laughs> see him as Batman. And, you know, maybe he'll shed that Edward Cullen skin finally. Finally. The last flakes of it will just wash away because <laughs> he kind of destroyed it with the lighthouse. I want a goddamn steak. It's <laughs> a great <laughs> film. Uh, uh. And lastly on the list, uh, here's something we, that nobody asked for. But we're, we're getting it. We're getting it. Uh, Shenmue. Did you, hear, did you ever hear Shenmue, Stephen? Vaguely. Shenmue is that classic 1999 uh, Sega Dreamcast game, which was basically just uh, a question simulator. So you go around a small uh, Japanese town and you ask people questions that no one had the answer to. I do remember <laughs> it. Oh, my God. Oh, Shenmue. It'll either make or break you as a gamer. Is that coming back? Yeah, well, this is the thing. It came back last year after 18 years with Shenmue 3. It was a Kickstarter-funded thing, right? Oh. And the original creator got Shenmue 3 out, finally. And congratulations to him. But this is actually a Shenmue anime. <clears throat> Officially called Shenmue the Animation. It's an anime ad- adaptation of the cult classic Shenmue. And is a collaboration between Crunchyroll and Adult Swim. And will be a 13-part series. Telling the story of the first game. Right. Yeah. I, I can't believe they're actually doing this. But they're doing it. Yeah. Um, That's that's that. Do you know? Shenmue is coming back in a new way. Jesus. See, it's a bit weird talking about Shenmue. Because I realise that maybe not everybody's played this game. <laughs> I've only... I only recently jumped into it like a few months ago. Yeah, I've, I've only like... I haven't actually played it. I've seen it. It's a very hard game to take to. It's a very hard game to take. Yes, you, exactly. It's a lot of walking, a lot of talking, and uh, just... <laughs> That's the game in a nutshell. Yeah, there's... A, a lot of walking and a lot of talking. And a lot of asking people where Charlie is. And you, <laughs> do, you, do you know where Charlie is? Oh, Charlie? What does he look like? He's a tattoo. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't think you did. I was wasting my time. Uh... Or going into pubs. Actually, no, this, is, this, is, this sums up Shenmue in a nutshell. Waiting around for places to open... So you can go in and talk to somebody, <laughs> because the game, like the, it's it, to be fair, in 1999 it was revolutionary what they did, because each NPC had its own routine that they would actually follow based on what time it was in the game. Mm. Oh my god, when that translates into actual game time, and when you're 23 and <laughs> you have a life, <laughs> you've got things to do like make podcasts and go to work, and it's just oh. 
It's a good, it's a good game though. <laughs> I do enjoy Shenmue to be fair, as much as I'm going to rip on it. And then lastly, on the what's what, because I feel like I have to mention this. Um, Fair City's coming back tomorrow night. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what is that doing on this podcast? I don't know. I saw it on RTE and it just felt, ah, yeah, we'll mention it. That, uh, first day he's coming back. First day he's coming back. Uh, obviously, when you hear this, it'll be on Monday. So it'll be last night. But yes, we're recording on a Saturday. So some night, 8 o'clock, first day he's back. They're making such a big deal about it, RTE. <laughs> so I, just thought, I had to mention it. I didn't think, I swear to God, <clears throat> I never thought... Oh no, it's it's me. I'm gonna Never find ways. Fair City would have made it onto this I'm podcast. gonna find ways to shoehorn in stuff like that into this podcast because that's who I am. <laughs> that's so far like far afield. Yeah. Where we are. But look, we're just two I I as it states, we're two Irish lads to talk the what's what. Yeah. Then that's the what's what, you know. Fair City's coming back. And if you don't know what Fair City is, well you need to get out from under that rock you're living under and experience Fair City for the first time it's on RTE Flair so get on there and have a look uh, but that's the what's what that's what's been watting in the week this week Stephen I hope you enjoyed <laughs> that's a lot of watting in this week but it's not all that's been watting Stephen because we've got something else to talk about finally <laughs> because it's out uh, let's talk about Avengers again okay well let's <clears throat> okay you can talk about Avengers because unfortunately I'm still waiting for mine to install oh my god download patches and yeah. you know I even had a bad experience with the <coughs> beta so it's now it's really not looking good for me but anyways I'm, I, I'd love to hear your side of it how did you get on? oh well I haven't actually played an awful lot into the game yet mainly that's down to the fact that I don't want to play it I don't know what it is but um, look let's start off when I actually got home and actually put the game into my uh, Playstation Update came out, 10 gigabytes. Kind of expected it to happen. Let it download, no bother. It installed, I started the game, and another update got added to the downloads. That was 8 gigabytes. What? Yes. There's two updates for um, for Avengers. and uh, I didn't know about the second one. <clears throat> Neither did I. Neither did I, because it didn't add to the downloads. So yeah, there we go. Not off to a great start, personally. But uh, I let that one go. I got in, and I played through the A-Day section. Which, to be fair, in the full game context, is much better. Because obviously you're not experiencing it in that sort of misshapen kind of way that they had it in the beta. Right. <clears throat> um, I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> no, it it does follow. So it's it's still the same premise. It still opens in San yes. Francisco. It's still a day. Yeah. And the disaster is waiting to come. Right. Uh, but we do get a big long drawn out section of Kamala Khan where she arrives in Ada and she meets most of the Avengers she meets uh, Thor uh, Captain America and Black Widow and uh, she glimpses Nick Fury for a while and I just it's <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot I th- of panting I think, I think this is where the, this is where the problems with Kamala Khan start to arise because I don't like her as a character right and I think that's just down to the fact that she only has two set modes. One being fangirl, the other one being just in complete disarray about this state of the world post-A-Day. And obviously right. obviously in the opening we only get the first one, which is her um, in this fangirl mode. And this whole first section is her just going around and collecting comic books so she can get access to a VIP balcony. Which, you know, I've been to a lot of events 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, I thought the VIP balcony would like, she'd be close to something. But she's not. She's actually further away from the stage. <laughs> what? Yeah, she's actually further away from the stage where the Avengers are. Um, I don't know. It wasn't. It was. It's just, it just after a while, after seeing that, it felt a bit pointless after going out and collecting all those comic books. Jeez. But this does allow her to interact with the Avengers before she turns into the Ms. Marvel that she's going to be in the game. Uh, like I said, she meets Thor, and that's a really funny moment. And then there's another bit where she sees Cap Shield. And she goes up and like these two bullies come up to her and um, they basically tell her to get out of the way because they want to look at the star at the shield. And uh, she just stands up to them. You know, she gets a bit all like, oh, <laughs> wow, that's a great way to someone up, John. I can't remember. What, I can't remember what she says, but she stands up to them and uh, Captain America comes out of nowhere and basically says, oh, yeah, that was great. And then, oh, I touch her once. Like, he like picks up his shield and like hops it off. Them or no, if only, <laughs> if only. Um, but no. Um, basically, the reason Kamala is there is because she wrote fan fiction, uh, Avengers fan fiction. Right. And we find out that Captain America read all the submitted fan fictions, so he knows Kamala's story from the get go. But anyway, this segment goes on. Uh, we get to the balcony stage, and uh, we I there's a bit in the balcony where I really you know it kind of becomes a bit more Avengery because Iron Man has his moment where he sort of comes onto the stage and he's being all big egoed. <laughs> so basically, he's not being Iron Man; he's being Tony Stark now. Yeah, it felt like it, it, it was a brief moment where I actually felt like I was getting what I wanted from the game, <laughs> uh, and then of course the A Day segment happens. Exactly how it happened in the beta, so I won't go into that one in too much detail. And then immediately following on from this, we get the same cutscene where it explains what's been happening in the five years, how the aid uh, incident led to the inhuman rise. So people who were in San Francisco at the time that uh, the Chimera exploded um, are now developing superhero powers. Right. And... Um, we flash forward anyway five years later. Kamala Khan's in her bedroom and uh, she's hacking into. Um, <laughs> I just, the more I think about this, the actually it's actually kind of stupid. <laughs> okay, she's hacking into uh, the original Stark mainframe so she can find information on what happened on Ada. She's part of this conspiracy group who are right basically trying <laughs> to say that the Avengers were set up. Okay. And uh, she needs to come up with a password. Okay. She's trying to come up with a password. And uh, she looks around her room that's full of superhero paraphernalia to try and piece the, you know, it together. And there's a poster on the wall that says, I am Iron Man. And she pieces it together. That that's the password. And it works. And I was just like, oh, of course it is. Why, why wouldn't it be? So anyway, she gets, she does get an image. She gets a video file from this. Which you know, I find that that whole thing of the password to access it is I am Iron Man. And if we're talking about the same person that came up with the acronym Edith. Even in death, I am the hero. Yeah. Okay, to be fair, it's <laughs> it makes sense. But like, it's just, I don't know, maybe it was too on the nose for me. <laughs> I don't know, my nitpicking here. Maybe. I don't know. Could Let's have been in Love You 3000. <laughs> You know. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we're going that far, are we? No, of course we are. Yeah, of course we are. Um, 
But anyway, where was I, Stephen? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm <laughs> giving out here. You're to... talking about um, the password. Yeah, talking about the password. It breaks. It breaks her computer naturally. So she runs off to her secret lair, and this is this is um this is kind of the first real sort of experience that we have of a game that I thought we should have got with this. Um, so it's just Kamala running across rooftops. It's very linear, but uh, we get to try out some of her powers. Um, she's got the stretchy arm thingy. That that's pretty cool, and um, yeah, this is it now. This is the first taste of gameplay, and uh, it's really not a great start. Oh. Okay, it's not a great start. But anyway, Kamala gets to the water tower, where her base is, and she cracks open her laptop and she has a look at this video file. And apparently, there is this footage that may or may not suggest that this was a setup. And yes, Cap was killed because of this setup. All right, so it. Nice, nice setup, okay. And then uh, this uh, mysterious person in her conspiracy group called Tiny Dancer tells her to meet at uh, Heroes Park, which is like Central Park, but it's uh, full of monuments of uh, our Avengers. Hence the name Heroes Park. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, but she gets there and uh, there's no one there. There's just this dude who's standing around the statue of Captain America lighting candles it's also i this was something that i found did find really interesting even though captain america's statue is the all is uh, standing perfectly every statue of all the other avengers has been broken and is uh crumbling it was uh it was really nice that was a nice little touch i thought you know that in the five years that have passed between a day and where the game takes place cap's the only one that's actually remembered in any way fondly yeah, you know because and I think that it's because he did die in Ada. I don't know. It was that that was interesting for me, to say the least. It's probably the only interesting thing that I've come across in terms of the story. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that. Anyway, uh, these two guys or three guys come up to uh, this fella and start uh, picking on him because uh, they they lost people in Ada. They don't have any respect for superheroes. They don't see why this fella is lighting candles. And Kamala steps in, loses her temper, and uses her powers. And exposes herself. Exposes herself, yep. Gets surrounded by AIM agents, and we're introduced to yet again another stale bit of gameplay. It's a stealth section. It's the most rudimentary stealth section I've ever played in a game. It's even worse than Metal Gear Survive, and that says an awful lot. <laughs> it's literally just moving around the park. And th for a brief moment, I actually felt like I was going in circles. Like I was treading through areas that I had already been through. Right. It was so just not very well put together. But anyway, she gets out of the park eventually. And uh, we meet uh, Dr. Tarleton, who is actually going to turn into Modak. I thought this was really cool. So um, when you meet Dr. Tarleton, he's been affected by the Tarragon crystal exploding on the Chimera on Aida. He's also inhuman and his brain is humongous for a minute i actually thought he was the leader but he's not the leader because it's already been spoiled that modak is the main <laughs> bad guy of the game um <clears throat> and yeah from here uh kamala uh jumps on a bus and goes off to some other state in america i didn't pay attention i don't know what state she went to but basically she uh just middle fingers her uh, family and uh goes off to find the avengers it's right. it just it, it, this is the problem I'm having with it, right? It's not flowing the way I think it should flow. There's just, there's things happening 
for the sake of happening. Yeah. Do you know? And I just, I don't really feel like there's enough emotional weight there. Like, Kamala's father, for as little screen time as he has in the beginning of the game, actually comes across as a really nice dude, really likeable character. And she just ups and kind of goes, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go find the Avengers. I'm going to go save the world. I'm going to go do that. You know what I mean? I do. It's just a little bit weird. But anyway, she goes off to this, uh, I think it's Ohio. I want to say it's Ohio. It could be Ohio. You'll have to confirm for that later when you play the game. Um, she goes off to Ohio. She goes and tracks down an Avengers base. And it's here that she stumbles across the Chimera. And she stumbles across Hulk. Bruce Banner has become a bit of a recluse. More so than normal. Um, and the first instance that we actually get is a really interesting one. Uh, Hulk assumes that she's just there to steal Captain America's shield. And he, he chases you through the Chimera. It's a really interesting moment. I did actually enjoy that. But uh, when we actually get to meeting Dr. Banner, uh, I do like his portrayal by Troy Baker. He does have that very sort of recluse, sort of introverted thing. It's nice. He comes across like a hermit. And right. again, it's another interesting moment. But again, the game does fall flat when you meet Hulk and you're teamed up with Hulk because that's when any sort of semblance of what could have been a single player game just gone and it becomes this sort of multiplayer live service thingy which it is to be fair so I suppose you know if you want to view it in that sense yes it does a great job of being what it is yeah <laughs> but it's not doing a great job of being what I want it to be <laughs> and is that asking too much no is this I mean I asked this of uh, Death Stranding do you know what I mean <laughs> What, the thing you actually refer to now is a walking simulator? It is a walking simulator. Don't try and tell me otherwise. That's a walking simulator. Remember, that's Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very... It's a strange game, Avengers. A part of me wants to like it. And who knows, maybe if I play on in it more and get past all the stuff we did in the beta, I might enjoy it more. But yeah. for now, it's very stale. It's a very stale experience. You know, there's a lot of things that are just very by the book, rudimentary. It's not an awful lot of fun. It's fun at times, but not fun long enough, I think. No, I do. I, 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 I get it. I get it. I think it's been a roller coaster for me and you because mm. um, we thought this was a completely different game. We did. What usually actually came out. So I think we're a bit shook. Oh, gotcha. Well, look, I'm shook. going to... I, I'm just praying that it's downloaded. <laughs> so I can actually go and test it out. Yeah. Um, I would like to test it out before my holidays finish. Which is coming very soon. Coming very soon. Coming very soon. But um, yeah, look, I, I'll give it a shot. I'll test it out. I don't know, though. I think it's going to fall short. You know, and that's purely because there's so much stuff going against it. So there's the whole skins, all the cosmetic like access. So like targeting target in America, they're one of them. Right. It's all paid for. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Yeah. You know, no, it's so heavily influenced by outsider, you know, companies. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's going to lose its essence of what it was meant to be in the original. As I said, 
in previous episodes the original creator's idea or director's idea or anyone like that it gets lost when you have big wigs in an office that say well we've been approached by this person and that person they've offered us money so we're going to add this that and the other and just probably take out that charge that as a microtransaction and then the whole game literally falls asunder from what its original concept was yeah yeah it feels at times it does feel like a blatant cash grab you know which i don't know i don't maybe it's not maybe that's just me i definitely do think that there's a market for the kind of game avengers is there there, there definitely is you know because it's it's um it's pulling on a lot of things like what destiny does you know so i can definitely see there being a market there but i don't know it, at times it can feel a little bit cash grabby you know it, i'm getting a lot of uh battlefront 2 vibes from oh. it like launch battlefront 2 yeah even though i know that they're not doing it in a pay to win kind of way and a lot of the microtransactions are cosmetic things but like i don't really care for cosmetic stuff you know there's only so many ways the hulk can look but he's still the hulk you know this game could have been anything <clears throat> like they could have went the route of heavy rain so a story driven you know action consequence kind of thing you know so you're telling story from multiple angles but they didn't they chose this so look look i haven't really played it i'm going to try and sit down and play it this week and i again and i'm very sorry <laughs> that we have to do another episode Oh no, we we have to keep talking about it because uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven hasn't come out yet, so we can't. <laughs> we've no one else to talk about. Uh, but no, like maybe I'm prejudging as well. But, uh, to be fair, I haven't played it far very far into the game. I could be prejudging. I don't think I am though. Do you know what I mean? No. I feel like I have got the lay of the land from the little I've played so far, which is kind of scary. Yeah. But it's not the worst thing in the world that's happened this week, Stephen. Because <laughs> surprisingly. There was a game that came out this week. Two games, in fact, that were surprisingly good. Do you know? Let's just get on and chat about them because this Avengers thing is actually starting to get me down. <laughs> um, actually, before I just go on, I do want to reiterate that um, I actually thought that I was going to be getting uh, Spider-Man as a playable character. Oh, yes. I didn't get Spider-Man as a playable character. Um, I didn't even get a code to get him. He's not available on PlayStation yet. He will be. And then I'll have to pay 10 quid to use them. That is ridiculous. That is hugely ridiculous. And it's all all extra playable characters will come with a pay pass. So you have to buy them. It's ridiculous. But like the whole thing was. They marketed Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. As if you have a PlayStation 4 you're going to get Spider-Man. No, but, but, but we're going to charge you 10 euro. Yeah. Or ten pounds, or cash grab. I I personally think it's a cash grab, you know. And we can say that because we're still a small podcast, (laughs) you know. We're not being forced by anyone to voice our opinions. This is the truth. This is how we feel. But let's talk about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two, because oh my god, oh my god, nostalgia. Stephen, talk about a blast from the past. This is like a kick up the arse from the past. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, Tony Hawk is, is I honestly I ne- I didn't play Pro Skater 1 and 2 
because they came out in the 90s. And I came out in the tail end of the 90s. I've said this before on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I missed out on a lot of stuff. I didn't come into the Tony Hawk games until much later in the 2000s when they were doing the more edgier sort of stuff. Like American Wasteland, Project A. I knew you were going to mention it. It's like <laughs> the first to. thing that's mentioned. I have to. Wasteland was such a great game. And it was so edgy as well. And that little gritty comic book opening. <laughs> and the reason you're going to LA to, to pursue skateboarding is because you have like parents that are just getting you down, man. They're just, they're cramping my style, man. It's so 2000. I can put my vans and get my board and go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like, Wasteland Project 8 uh, Proving Ground those were the kind of Tony Hawk games that I sort of started off with and then sort of discovered Underground and things like that and but my god I didn't really think going back after like 10 years of not playing a skateboarding game to go back to Pro Skater 1 and 2 especially after the negative feedback that Pro Skater 5 got Mm. that these games would be any good or any enjoyable they're brilliant oh it's so so good like really addictive gameplay really fun gameplay and Oh, it's, it's amazing. Like, I actually really like it. It's really well done. No, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I think, look, like, like you did mention it. You missed out because of your age. Yeah. So I do think that you're not alone. And then you have, don't forget, and it's quite scary, there is another generation coming behind us. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, I know. And they <laughs> have missed out. They are unfortunately subjected to the likes of Fortnite and stuff that's just bless, literally... Bless them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, for them to experience these games, I think it's good. And they're, like, a full remake. Yeah. So you're going to experience what we would have experienced. Well, in my head, this is what I always thought. So you sitting down experiencing the game built for your current graphics... It kind of tells the the same story as what we experienced when we put it on our PlayStations. Yeah, yeah, I know. I get what you mean. Um, it's just, I, it's a really, it's like putting on an old pair of shoes. Like it's a little bit rough around the edges, but it's very quick to get used to and very comfortable to slip back into. Like the minute I got back into it, I was pulling off tricks that just were there for muscle memory. 360 nolly. Like, you remember how to do uh, kickflips and impossibles and manuals. They're just embedded in your brain. But, um, obviously, the more, the tougher tricks, like the grabs and the, and the, the lip grabs and everything, they're a bit more complicated. And chaining combos is re- just ridiculously <laughs> <Dorp>. hard. <laughs> People are listening and they're going, oh, that guy really knows like how to skateboard. <laughs> You've <laughs> never even been on a skateboard in your life. And that's not true now. I have actually... I've been on a skateboard. I was never any good at it in real life. But I... I, I you know, it's no, it's just... It, it's literally the lingo. You've just spoke. I was like, wow, that guy really knows how to skateboard. Uh, it's just my years of playing Tony Hawk games just embedded in my subconscious there somewhere. It was all that childhood memory just buried there. It's, uh, it's why I don't learn Anthony Newt, he says because I'm afraid I'll push out them childhood memories <laughs> <laughs> and I lose something. Um it's just it, no it is. It's I think it's a really good game and especially because I didn't play Pro Skater 1 and 2. I don't have that nostalgia factor yeah. for the levels. Like the gameplay style, yes, of course, but because the, that's because the gameplay style was in every Tony Hawk game. Yeah. Uh but as for the levels themselves, like the school, the downhill jam one, uh the warehouse itself, which is probably one of the most iconic Tony Hawk uh, levels 
Do you know, that nostalgia factor isn't there for me. I don't remember playing those games. But they're very well designed courses. And I've seen what they look like in the original. And they're very accurately remade. And oh my god, it's just a lot of fun to play. <laughs> and when, you're, you, when you've chained together all of these moves, all of these grinds, flips, grabs, and uh, something else, it'll come to me. And then you bail. <laughs> it just... <laughs> Oh, it's heartbreaking. It's actually heartbreaking. <laughs> but my God, it's it's ton of fun. Pro Skater 1 and 2, they're absolute ton of fun. And Jack Black's in them. I see. Yeah, Jablinski Games. It's uh, Jack Black. Uh, there's this character in it, uh, Officer Dick. He's been in like nearly every Tony Hawk game. And in this one, Jack Black did motion capture and voice uh, acting for Officer Dick. Oh, so that's Jack, so Jack cool. Black is Officer Dick now in this game. And he's a playable character. I have to look up how to unlock him. He's not there from the beginning of the game. Right. There's a lot of pro skaters there. There's a lot of names that I just vaguely remember from other Tony Hawk games that are just completely Is gone. Bam back in it? No, Bam. I don't think Bam was actually in the original Tony Hawk games. Or was he not? Bam kind of came in there around, uh, I think it was Underground 2. And he, he kind of came center yes. stage for Underground because... Obviously, at the time that that happened, Jackass, Jackass, Jackass yes, was yes. on the rise, and Bam Mangera was, he was kind of a, he was a, he was a, an MTV icon, you yes. know, he was sort of that goofy kind of icon, that unfortunately just fell straight off the rails. <laughs> yeah, no, I just thought they might have, because you know the way like, when they remastered, Crash Bandicoot, like they added in so and Spyro, like Spyro the Dragon. Yeah. There was the extra jump they added in Spyro 2 that wasn't in Spyro 1. But they fixed that and added it into all the games. I just thought that they might yeah. have, for extra playability, just add a couple of extra characters. No, as far as I know, they're still the original characters. Uh, but the difference is now they've all been uh, remodeled, the characters. To look real. They look like they're... Um, they've actually they used motion capture and facial capture on their current real-life counterparts. So these characters that you would have played as 20 years ago, you're playing as them again, but they now look 20 years older. <laughs> and uh, it shows. You know, you can see that Tony Hawk has actually aged quite a lot. Yes. In the last 20 years. Bless the man. You know, still getting on that board. I think he still skateboards. I'm not actually entirely sure. Yeah, but no, I don't think he does competitive skateboarding anymore. Yeah. I think his son is also in it as well. There is a character in there called Riley Hawk. Oh. I want to say that's Tony Hawk's son. I didn't actually look it up, but... It's nice to see that they're actually adding in... That, that, there, there's an extra player to play, play by character now as well. Tony Hawk's got his son in there. Yeah. And he's like six feet tall or something. He's like... His character model is massive. You'll uh, be seeing that floating around shortly. Riley Hawk's underground. And yeah. It'll be, that'd be interesting. It's a nice... It's a nice breath of fresh air. But something very familiar as well. Mm. Really enjoyable game. Um, Something else I wanted to add here as well. It's unfortunately escaping me now at the minute. It's gone now. It's just gone. Like a, like a fairy. Breeze. Just gone away. Yeah, I would recommend Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. It's on the cheaper side of things because it's a remake and uh, they're not going to charge you the full 70 schmackaroonies. Uh, and you don't really play the games like you would play a normal trilogy of remakes and remasters. This is very much... Uh, it's one base game level packs mm. so if you start off playing the pro skater level packs and you level up your skater by the time you reach the pro skater 2 pack 
you're going to have a seriously overpowered player. Do you know? And you just, you'll feel like a beast when you get there. <laughs> yeah. Feel like the boss. It's, re- it's really cool. That is what I want to talk about. It's hearing Tony Hawk's voice. All these <laughs> years later in a game and you hear Tony Hawk talking to you. Like I can still remember him in American Wasteland coming on and doing those like little radio inserts. I can't even remember what the radio station was. It was like KDSRT or something like that. <laughs> it was like, you know, hey man, it's Tony Hawk, KDRST, blah, 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 blah. And he rambled on about something you just did about five minutes ago. And how you're just like this epic skateboarder. And make you feel really good inside. <laughs> uh, um, it's just... you're, I, like you're so sitting there now, and I know full well. In the back of your head, it's like... Please, please, just remake that game. Oh, just please, <laughs> yeah, just do a remake of American Wasteland. It's that was such a good game. There's so many great levels in that. Like you've got the Hollywood Walk of Fame, <laughs> you've got downtown, you've got uh, the Beverly Hills kind of show. You've Santa Monica. You've all these areas that, when you actually think about it, are like really far apart in real life. <laughs> but yeah, but it was like just skateboarding through a mall, and you got there. <laughs> it's you know, good, it's good. I went from Hollywood to Beverly Hills, I skateboarded through them all. It was good. I don't think there was any loading screens. I think they used them all as a loading screen, wasn't it? Yeah. I think when you're transferring between levels, there's no loading screens. There's only loading screens when you're um, going from sort of into missions and our missions. Yeah. Do you know, but yeah, th- th- there you go. No loading screens in Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. Another reason why that is a great game. Yeah. No loading screens. Came out in 2006, was edgy as hell. That's another thing I want to talk about actually when you talk about edginess. The soundtrack. Stephen, I've been listening to bands that I haven't listened to in <laughs> God knows how long. Like Papa Roach. Oh, Jesus. My God, Papa Roach. <laughs> my, Jesus. That was just. When I heard them come on in Tony Hawk Pro Scare, I was just. That was it for me. <laughs> it was just set. You know, it's, I missed out on Pro Scare I wanted to when they came out. Mm. I didn't miss out on the bands because I did come across them later in life. Who else was there? Um, oh, Dead Kennedys are on there as well. Um, Rage Against the Machine, I think, are on there as well. Yes, I think I heard Rage Against the Machine. There's another one. Billy Talent. Oh, my God. I think, I think it's Billy Talent. Right. Uh, Rusted from the Rain. I, oh, that yes. Guy, the song's not in it, but I know that that's his song. And, yeah, oh, my God. I haven't listened to him since I was 14. <laughs> Bless. Where was I going? I do wish though it did have a bit more of an updated kind of, you know, garage rock sort of thing because garage rock, it's still it's still going strong, you know. Yeah, but again, they could be testing, testing the waters to see is there still a market for? Because I know it burnt out. Skateboarding died a death. Yeah, you know, big I think time. the last one was Tony Hawk's ride. No, so I think that's it, when it kind of. There was more after that. Um... I think I think Proving Ground was kind of the last main entry into the series. And then we got Pro Skater 5. Yes. And like, Pro Skater 5 was just not a great game. Yeah, because it was overcomplicated. Like, you, you, you would do your tricks with your left and, and right thumbstick. And it was like, oh, this is, yeah. this is just... I just want to mash buttons and just make myself look cool. Yeah. This yeah. slow motion flicking triggers is just ridiculous. And they brought that in in Project 8 and I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, I did like the slow motion camera zoom up to your board you and you could actually see the flipping happen. I, I, I like that. No. You know? No. Just. But look at I think they're testing the waters. 
and if it does well so if this does sell well well then they'll just they might decide well look we'll actually go back and just either remake more or just go off and do another game just do another game yeah and just go back to the basics don't try and overcomplicate it stick with what we knew which was like Pro Skater 1 and 2 or go to American Maceland yeah make it more story driven do you know I came to Hollywood because I'm edgy. My parents were keeping me down. That's just, that's the kind of stories I like. They resonate with me. They resonate with the freaking killjoy that resides inside me. Killjoys for life, man. Still waiting for that MCR comeback. I know it's coming, but coronavirus delayed that to like serious degrees. Um, yeah, I I bought the game on a whim. I'm not. I did buy it on a whim. I didn't really know if I would still enjoy skateboarding games like I did back in the day. Now that I'm 23 and grown up and I've grown out of that sort of edgy phase. No, I still love it. You know, I, I think it's great. It's a really enjoyable, mindlessly fun game to play. Yeah. And it's just so much fun. And compared to Avengers, it's brilliant. <laughs> I personally think it's brilliant. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my thoughts on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. And I think we're out of segments for the show. I didn't compare and I didn't prepare Andrew for nostalgia box. I thought we were going to talk about Avengers until the cows came home. Yeah, well, look, that always happens. That always happens. That always happens. I suppose we could if we want to talk. We we, we did talk nostalgia. We talked skateboarding. We talked skateboarding. We talked skateboarding. So what's next to come back? <coughs> is, it, is it snowboarding? Do you remember Sean White snowboarding? Oh, and SSX. Oh my God. <laughs> SSX. S. That was such a brilliant game. Or SSX on tour. <laughs> that was the game that was the game that kind of just not just the base game the on tour version yeah the like, on tour yeah. version that sort of spin off that, that was a great game I yeah. did you play uh, Ubisoft Steep oh, I think I did that's, I think I did that's very SSX it's a bit more on the realistic side though which is something I'm not a huge fan of but you can go up to like the highest peak of a mountain and snowboard yeah, all the way down SSX on the Playstation Classic no, that's cool borders. Oh, cool borders. Yes. Yeah. Shame. Shame. Again, you talk about classics. SSX was a classic. You could have put Tony Hawk's Pro Skater on the you PS Classic. You could have. You could have put Boredom on it. I could do it. I could. I could hack it, but no, I'm not going to, because I got the updated versions now, and they're great. Do you yeah. know, they are, and I think you, the listener, should go out and get those games if you haven't already. And uh, also let us know what you think of Marvel's Avengers. Whether you're loving it, hating it, whether you think it's going to get better, or whether you just traded it back in because, oh my God, I'm not putting up with that bollocks. Yeah. You know. Or, or you'll shelve it and look at it and resent it on a daily basis. Unless it's like No Man's Sky and it gets absolutely overhauled. And it. it's brilliant then. <laughs> that was a well, long, hard battle. And those brief few months for you just killed you. Oh yeah. Just absolutely killed you. But anyway, I think that's a good place to wrap up the show. It's a shorter episode this week, but I like it. Yeah, because we're, we're, we're not ranting as much as we were. No, it was very to the bones. I feel like this was a very funless episode, but I feel like that's because we were talking about something that we really weren't happy with. Yeah. Do you know? I, w- I hope if, if someone jumped out of this, didn't jump out of this, I mean, during the Avengers time, because that was a bit of a slog to get through. The game's a bit of a slog to get through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just play Tony Hawk. Everything's going to be happier. Just play Tony Hawk. Oh, yeah. Listen to some Papa Roach. Listen to some Dave Kennedy's. Do a kickflip fall on your arse. Sure, what else would you be have? But anyway, on that note, it's uh, time to uh, 
finish up your games and cash in your tokens because the arcade is now closed for business. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week where we'll be talking about more uh, games, movies, and all that dirty deets. We'll probably be talking more Avengers. Probably. Yeah. We will get deeper into the game. Maybe it'll get better. I'm hoping it'll get better. Probably won't. But uh, there you go. Um, but yeah, if you enjoyed this and you want to keep up with more crack from us, you can follow us on our social medias on the Instagrams, the uh, Twitters and the Facebooks at DRK Podcast. That's at DRK Podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, our, in- our outro is very long. I just tried, I tried to come up with interesting ways to say it. But anyway, with that said, I've been Sean. And I've been Stephen. And we will catch you in the next one. This is DRK signing off.